We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we are live. Once again, it is the Monday morning edition of the Field of 68 Best Bets podcast and Best Bets live stream. My name is Rob Dosh. The gentleman that you see there with me is the one and only Jeff Goodman, the uh, the Field of 68's biggest Washington Nationals fan, if you didn't know. I guess Maybe. that's what this is. I don't even Big know. Big I, just buy hats I like how they look. It's a good you know? look. The Nats... The Nats, there were a lot of issues with the Nats. Uh, my wife used to work for the Nats. They, they, uh, let's just say that they aren't. That organization does not necessarily treat their employees the best wow. way. So I have, Did I have they certain. Not pay her on time, Rob. Did they not pay her on time? Uh, oh, they. It was on time. It was just. Uh, let, let's just say. Let, let, let's just say they they pay you for a forty hour work week and expect a. 90 hour work. That's what you pay me for. So it's okay. I only get paid for 40 and I work more than 40 for you. Yeah. I mean, you say that right now. I'm the one that texted you at 2 30 in the morning asking you why you never end podcasts. Can we talk about that? I'm putting you on the spot. We're now on live on the stream. Why, why when you record pods, do you never end them? I like, I want you guys to understand it, it's actually, it's actually low key hilarious. Cause what Kidman will do was he'll just start talking to be like, well, listen, I, I just want to thank you for the time, but um, listen, Mark, I, I, I got to ask you about this and you'll just keep going. And then like five minutes later, you'll just stop the recording. And it's like, yeah, you ended the pod. What do you, the, don't you end the podcast? What's I, don't going know. On here? I don't know. I blame it on Hommel. I, blame no, it on it, I mean, the, the truth is, the truth is you mean to do it and then you get distracted and you're like, yeah, I already ended the pod. So we're good to go. So I got to find the place where there's like a random breath at the end of a sentence. Oh, man. Hey, <laughs> hey the Mark hey, pod was good. So it was no, very oh, good. Oh, it was great. I mean, listen, you know what I did? Here, here's the teaser. I uh, I edited out most of it, but uh, I made it very clear um, the really hilarious uh, Mark Few thing that happened about 45 minutes in. Um, I'm not going to tell you guys what it was, but it's it's very clear what happened. And it's pretty funny because it's it's the I most mean, Mark Few thing in the history of Mark Few things. All right. The news, Rob. The breaking news is this is Mark Few's first ever podcast he's ever done. First ever podcast. He wanted he he called me. He wanted to do it with us, not because of me, because of Robbie Hummel. Literally, it had nothing. You could see throughout the podcast how excited he was because he feels like Robbie Hummel should have been a zag. Like that—that that was his big thing. He's like he should have been a zag. I screwed up. I should have got him from Valpo to to, to Spokane. Yep. Um, all right. So. Uh, we have a couple games tonight. Nothing great, but some some, some no, pretty. We got three games. good games. Oh, you're 
Listen, nothing, you're selling this. Great. Oh, no, hold on, hold on. Listen, nothing great, but Duke, Duke Syracuse is going to be good. Um, Oregon USC will be a lot of fun, and whatever, another Big Twelve matchup that Cade, Cade against Chris Beard. Come on, you 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 Seriously. love you love Chris Beard. I love like, Cade. You love you love Chris Beard so Cade much. Cade and Mackie Kong um, on the same court. It, it will be, be it'll be it'll be it'll be great for the YouTube views. Let's uh let's just put Whatever. it there. All right. Anyway, we'll get into that. But before we do, we got to talk about Michigan and yep. Ohio State. That was um just such an unbelievable basketball game yesterday. Uh the shot making, the um the intensity, the rivalry, the execution, the fact that we had a coach get caught on the phone, uh taking a call from like the DoorDash guys because they showed up before the end of the game with the food delivery. Oh man, it's just un- unbelievable! Uh, like what a what a what a basketball game! February. Oh come on, John Mitchell just called me the February Grinch. It is a good slate for I, a Monday, but it's I not agree, a John. Overall. John, I'm with you a hundred percent on this uh, one. Yeah. Oh, both both of you, both three good games, and he's complaining. Three both really good you, games. Both of you settled down. All right. So, um, Michigan, Ohio State. What are your takeaways? How good is Michigan? How worried should we be about Ohio, Ohio State? Give me all of the Not day. worried at all. Are you kidding? I'm more impressed with Ohio State today than I was yesterday morning. How's that, Rob? I, I really am. They, listen, I, I never felt like Ohio State was in that upper echelon, even though we had to rank them there because they kept beating good teams. But to me, playing with Michigan, who I think has clearly established themselves as the third best team in college basketball. And, and oh, by the way, like they're put together like just – the way they're constructed, all of it, on the court, off the court, the coaching staff, I just think they they, they fit together. And, and again, um, I really like Michigan because everybody on their team makes an impact. Every single player on their team does something different to help their team win. I mean, obviously, Isaiah Livers is – I don't know who's the best player on the team. I would say it's Livers, Hunter Dickinson one day. Mike Smith was terrific yesterday. John D. Brown was great in the second half. Like, they've just got a bunch of dudes that all make an impact. And, again, I, I love Juwan Howard now. I-, I love him. I don't know if he was on his phone, his notepads, whatever he was checking. I- yeah. I don't- um, so to answer Sean's question, he asked, isn't using a phone during a game illegal? And, it yes, it is. Uh the call that the 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 it was actually the director of basketball operations. The call he got was with six seconds left with the game with Michigan up by five. The game was over, uh, and it was from the food delivery service. And like in talking with a whole bunch of people that that are, have that job, uh, what happened there is so far from uncommon. They were like, um, one guy texted me and he said, uh, "I saw the guy on the phone," and my immediate reaction was like, "Well, Michigan's charter just got delayed." <laughs> Another guy texted me and he said, 80% of the games that I coached in, the food delivery got there before the end of the game, and our double had to deal with it with like a minute yep. left. So it's Especially just Especially in this pandemic, right? It's mm-hmm. it's it's obviously a lot different because there's no fans. Uh so these guys it, it, it looks a little bit more obvious um when they're on the phone because you're only looking at their bench and you don't have shots to the fans or anything like that. So whatever. Who who cares? I just thought it was funny. Uh, somebody oh, sent me that photo. Hilarious! It's right. it's so funny that the guy's on the phone and it's like, what's he? What's I don't know. Was I the first one that posted that photo? Do you think or no? Or was it already out? I've I have no idea. I don't like really. A care. Coach sent it to me. A coach, a literally a head coach, a high major head coach sent me that photo, and he's like, check this out. And uh, 
And I was just like, yeah, I'll tweet it out. It's funny. Like, it's I didn't funny. Care. Like, and the Mich- Michigan fans are losing their minds about it, but whatever. Yeah. Um, so my my biggest takeaway with uh, from this game, well, I guess it was kind of twofold. Um, the first one is I'm kind of having like an internal self-debate about Michigan, right? Like I keep my – I feel like I'm overthinking this, right? I, on the one hand, I question – how good their point guard play is. And I question whether or not Hunter Dickinson can play on the perimeter. And I still kind of feel that way uh, because Ohio state was able to take advantage of that a little bit. But I mean, Mike Smith had 11 points and seven assists. Eli Brooks had 17 points, hit three huge threes. And Hunter Dickinson was an absolute monster that made like two huge plays defending on the perimeter. Um, There were two times when EJ Liddell like beat him off the bounce. One time he was able to block the shot. Another time he was able to um, change it and EJ missed the layup at the rim. And, he stayed in front of him at the end. Like there was one possession with like a minute left where EJ Liddell tried to break him down off the dribble and Hunter stayed in front and ended up blocking a jump shot. So maybe I'm just kind of overthinking this. I'm like, um, Liddell's the best player on, on, on Ohio state in case. Yeah. And, and like, and, and like the thing is, so you have a team that plays hard. You have a team that's unselfish. You have a team that does all the cliche things that, that, that we love to tout where we say, look, Oh, this, the, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts or whatever. Well, that's true with Michigan, and they also happen to have like three oh. NBA players on that roster. So, like, maybe I'm just kind of overthinking this. And it, it, part of it, who's, might who's be the best player. NBA player on Michigan's roster? Up at the end of the Franz. day, in ten years, Franz. who is Fran- Franz? It's not even close. Like, I don't I even think, think it's. Right. I don't even, I don't even think it's a, a really good. Yeah, but you want to hear something crazy? How about this? Hunter Dickinson is 20 years old. He's a freshman. Franz Wagner. Is nine months younger than him, and he's a sophomore. Franz Wagner is nineteen. Franz Wagner is younger than Evan Mobley. Yeah, by like yeah, three no, months. I, I got it. I get. Three I years. get it. I mean, I, I still like. I, I only put so much stock into the the nineteen twenty year old. You know, like yes, you're projecting. Obviously, there's well, uh, no. Like here's here's the thing. Like part of the reason why John Beeline was so successful in recruiting at Michigan and finding guys that were under the radar was because like he was very much into the whole birthday thing. He was very much into the idea that like, Hey, if we get younger guys that aren't fully developed yet, we can, we can kind of, it's like a, a blank slate. We can work with them. That's part well, of like, he learned that from Stu Douglas, you know, he screwed up with Stu and then he decided, you know, well, there you go. Um, but yeah, I mean, Franz is just, he does all of the things that you want, like a glue guy to do. Right, yeah. like he can make threes, he can beat people yeah. off the bounce. The ball doesn't stick with him; it keeps moving. Uh, he's a really good passer and playmaker. He can defend the rim. He's an on-ball defender. He can play big and and, and he's tough. Like you know, he I love him. I love him. I like. I think Livers is going to be a really good NBA player too. I, I do. I, he's got the size. He can shoot it. He can guard. He needs to get better putting it on the floor. But I, I think Livers will be a really good yeah, NBA. He's player. good. He's he's. Yeah. I think he's going to be like a. For me, he's he's kind of like a second round pick. Um, Probably a guy that could catch on with like a uh, uh, like a two way contract, and, oh, and then Hunter, Dickinson, Hunter, Hunter Dickinson will probably end up being like uh, maybe a first rounder, maybe a late first rounder, just because he's so big and so dominant. But it'd be hard. It'll be hard. There, there's limitations yeah. to what he can do. I think he's um, a second rounder, and then but like for Ohio State, um, I, I think. And tell me what you think about this, Chef. I, I think the biggest difference that we saw between Ohio State. And the everyone else that are that we consider like the top three, top two or three teams is that yeah. Michigan doesn't beat themselves. Baylor doesn't do things to beat themselves. Uh, Gonzaga doesn't do things to beat themselves. And Ohio State beat themselves. 
part oh, of it. But, but they, they listen. It's one game. It's, it it's one game. It they've is. won a lot of really good games. It is. What did Chris Holtman tell you about coaching Dwayne Washington? You remember yeah, that quote? Listen, absolutely, absolutely. It, well, he drives things, crazy right, before you, before you go. Just three things. What I'm referring to is um, Justice suing. Uh, with about two minutes and 30 seconds left through a behind the back pass that wasn't a, uh, like the behind the back wasn't necessarily the wrong decision. It was just a terrible pass because there was no one there to receive it. Uh, they were down by three at the time. Isaiah Livers goes the other way, gets a layup and one. Uh, all of a sudden, it's the six point lead with 230 left. The game's basically over. Um, Dwayne Washington twice in the final minute and a half on possessions where Ohio State absolutely had to get a stop. Got one time he got blown by like he wasn't even uh, there by Eli Brooks that set up a, a tip dunk for Hunter Dickinson. And the other time, like he randomly doubled Isaiah Livers on the perimeter and it created a layup for I think it was Shondi Brown. Either yeah. way, like, they got they got four free points because of bad decisions made by Dwayne Washington. And t- actually seven if you want to throw in the, the behind the back pass by Justice Suing. And here's the thing. Good teams, like they don't make those mistakes ever. Well, I, ever. I think part of it is you know, the justice suing one is, is kind of the most glaring, right? And and to me, the biggest thing I question still with Ohio State is their point guard play. I, you know, that's the difference to me. It's, I just, you know, I think Walker is solid, but, like, I think they're missing that high-end point guard at Ohio State who can just go get a bucket on their own. Now, Dwayne Washington was terrific yesterday. Um, in terms of shot making, keeping them in the game early when Michigan was making every every three, um, but ultimately, yeah, I, I, I'd like to see, and that's where I think, I, honestly, I think Chris Holtman's done wonders in his coaching career. Without a high level, has he ever had a high level point guard? He didn't have one at Butler. He didn't have one at Butler for three years. Not really. Right. He's never had a high level point guard. He thought he had one with DJ Carton. Like that was the the hope was. This team this year would have T.J. Carton running the team uh, and being able to make plays off the bounce for himself and for others. Obviously, that didn't work out, so they've kind of planned B and C and even D this year with the, with the freshmen that they brought in at the break. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, again, I, I, I never wanted to put Ohio State in the top five. I never wanted to, but you had to. Based on what they did, you had to. And to me, now I would say, like, I'm just more impressed with Ohio State after watching them yesterday because when you look at their talent level compared to Michigan, you said, like, they shouldn't be playing with them. They should, Michigan's that much better. Like you said, they have three NBA players possibly on, the, on their team. Ohio State might have one, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. It's uh, It was a great game. The game, though. The game, very, the game very looked up to the hype. That was the great part of yesterday was – yeah. It was the only game on Sunday. Actually, it didn't get enough publicity, to be honest. It didn't get enough hype. It should have gotten more nationally. It did not. Um, and, and, again, those, you know, uh, people um, that, that hammer the sport, college basketball, hopefully they got a chance to see that. And, and just the way the game can be played. There are some ugly games. We know that. College basketball hasn't been pretty this year. But, ultimately, that game, uh, hopefully we have that type of play come Final Four. And, and I think if you have Gonzaga and Baylor and Michigan, you're going to have at least eye-pleasing uh, basketball yeah. from a, from a shot-making standpoint. Yeah. Um, last uh, – I'd take Michigan on a neutral court again. If, if they played again, um, I, I would take them again. We're getting that question in the chat. Yeah, I would, I would take Michigan again. Um, 
and Michigan just won at Ohio State in the game where it, like, it wasn't like Ohio State gave. Right. I, I, I said Ohio State kind of like made mistakes that lost in the game. Michigan probably would have won that game even if Ohio State didn't right. make those mistakes. They were up by three. Minutes left. So like it was. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's talk about tonight's slate. Um, we have Syracuse at Duke. Duke is a five point favorite. That total is 150. We have Oregon at USC in a battle for. Uh, supremacy in the Pac-12. USC is currently at Bed Rivers, uh, a three-and-a-half-point favorite. The total there is 138. We have Oklahoma State at home against the fighting Chris Beers and the fighting Matt McClungs, uh, and Oklahoma State is getting three-and-a-half points. That total there is also 138, according to our partners over at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Jeffrey, how are you feeling about this? Um, so I- I'm going to start with the one I like the most. And that is anytime you're giving me four points uh, and and my coach is Dana Altman, uh, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take those four points, and I like it. I, I, I get USC is talented with Evan Mobley. I, I totally understand that. But, uh, again, Oregon, uh, Dana Altman getting four against Andy Enfield, I feel pretty good about it. I do. And, and USC is just coming off a loss at Arizona. Um, I, well, I think or, that's, that's, my, that's my thing with it. Like they're come like it feels like a, a kind of a good buy low spot on on USC Oregon. I mean for well, USC for yeah, USC. feels like a good buy low spot. And and the other thing that I'm concerned about, and and you tell me what you think about this. Like, so the it's kind of like a, a differing match or like a differing styles of play and styles of roster building, right? Like USC plays two bigs. They have seven foot Evan Mobley and six foot ten Isaiah Mobley out there. Um, yeah. Oregon plays all perimeter guys, right? Like their their best lineup is basically like six six Eugene Amaru, you six six Chris Duarte, six six Eric Williams, six five Will Richardson, and six yep. six LJ Figueroa. Um, and I, I'm what I'm concerned about is that Mobley, both of the Mobley brothers are good enough to defend on the perimeter that like it kind of negates the advantage yeah. that Oregon gets by yep. playing small, right? And then you still have to deal with um, like Evan, like Evan Mobley's not the greatest post defender, but like no. he's pretty good. He's he's good enough, right? right. Or I mean, the, the greatest post score, but he's good enough where he can probably take advantage of some of these smaller defenders. So that that's where my concern with USC comes in. Um, and in theory, that would be baked into the price, but like this is more or less like you generally get like three points for home court advantage, and they're basically saying like USC is just slightly better than Oregon, which is what I kind of think. So I actually think this is a pretty sharp line. You think you think USC today, if they played on a neutral court, you think USC it, it's a pick'em? Um, or you know, you're saying USC's favored by point, maybe even more because home court advantage isn't three points this year. Well, yeah, I think I think USC would probably be favored by like a point or a point and a half on a neutral court. Like right oh. now, Ken Palm is projecting them as a six point favorite, and yeah. some of that has to do with the fact that like Oregon is. Uh, like their numbers in Ken Palm's database are kind of skewed because they missed so much time and they had a couple of bad COVID losses. But um, yeah, like it's to me, um, that's I, I think the line is pretty sharp. So I don't I don't know where the edge is um, in this game. But like I don't I don't want to be so the the stat that Stanford Steve dropped on us the other day, right? Like uh, Oregon's what like seventy seven and forty seven against the yeah. spread. Yeah. In Pac-12 play for Dana Altman, like that's just ridiculous. Yes. Dana, like it's Dana Altman. I don't want to be on the wrong side of 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 Dana Altman when it comes to this stuff. So I, I don't know. I don't. I honestly, I'm really excited about this game itself. Uh, I don't love 
the the betting angle. You know what I'm excited about? That it's at nine o'clock and not ten o'clock. Oh, on. that's gonna be great. Right? I mean, seriously, be how beautiful. You got two good games at, at nine. Again, I know you hate right now, you hate Chris Beard, you hate Mac McClung, you're down on Kate Cunningham. You think this game sucks. You think Texas Tech Oklahoma State is like a garbage game tonight. I don't think it's a garbage game, but it's it's like it's not something that I'm overly right. I was I was fired up to watch uh to watch um Ohio State and Michigan, right? Like I was fired up. Well, they're number for, three and four. I get it. It's yeah. not gonna be but here's the thing. I was fired up for Saturday slate where we had all of these great games, and now it's like okay, Keith Duke mildly interesting. Oregon USC like will be fun for like a battle for first place in the Pac-12, but like it's also like first place in the Pac-12, and neither of those teams are really all that good. And then like it's Texas Tech and Texas Texas six and six and six in the Big Twelve. You have listen according to you. You have you have the two guys that are fighting for the number one pick both on tonight at the exact same time. You could have them on, on on two TVs right next to each other and watch Cade and Evan Mobley. Like that doesn't excite you? Um, I, yeah, Am I getting I really, you excited? I'm, <laughs> I'm good to go, Jeffrey. I am. Right. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm good to go. Here. <laughs> and the best part is like you're asking me if you're getting me excited. This isn't even the Cialis part of the uh, the ad. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Not yet. No. Oh, not yet. <laughs> Oh man, that's how you know we're, we're too far into the season when we start making jokes like this. <laughs> All right, so we got we got Oregon. You like USC? Um, real, real quick before we continue, I just want to tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up with Bet Rivers yet, now is the time. Bet Rivers Sportsbook is offering a two hundred and fifty dollars match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is that they require just one playthrough to turn your bonus into cash. Money when you win at Bet River Sportsbook, they pay fast, and now it's even faster with Rush Pay instant approval for withdrawals. It's safe, it's secure, it's reliable. With March Madness right around the corner, there's never been a better time to give sports uh Bet Rivers Sportsbook a try. So go to betrivers.com today or download the Bet Rivers iOS app. If you use promo code 250 match, you will receive that $250 bonus on your first deposit. You can see it right there on the bottom of the screen. You're looking at it right now. Uh, so yes, go to betrivers.com, download the betrivers iOS app. You must be 21 years or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Jeffrey, let's talk about Syracuse and Duke. Um, I We don't need to go into any more takes about whether or not Duke is better with Jalen Johnson. No, no, we're done with that. We're done. Way too much time about that uh, on yesterday's stream. So how do you feel about this specific game? I, I love it. I love this game. Anytime you get Bayheim and K together, by the uh, way, we have the uh, we had a burner account pop up in the comments and said you are making me excited, Jeff. <laughs> it's gotta it's gotta be the nationalist head. That's what it is. No doubt, no doubt. Um Bayheim, Bayheim K. Um uh, Bayheim, you know, stuck up for his boy K uh with the Jalen Johnson situation. But I think honestly, this is a, a big game for both teams. It really is. It's a big game for both teams. You know, Duke's coming off the huge one against Virginia. They're rolling now. They got some confidence. They're young guys. They're playing well. And, and they get a Syracuse team that is desperate, really desperate, because they're on the outside looking in right now uh, for the NCAA tournament. But if they win this one, they might be on the right side of, of, of the bubble, or certainly they're closer to the right side of the bubble. 
Syracuse has been playing with fire a little bit. They're not great. I, I honestly think they've underachieved, Rob. I think this team, when you look at their, their talent overall, I, I think they should be a tournament team. And I, I frankly, I don't really understand uh, why they're not at this point. Because they've got two, you know, Buddy Beheim didn't shoot the ball great for a stretch. He's shooting the ball better now. Um, you know, they've, Joe Girard, he's not really a point guard, but like Alan Griffin was a great pickup from Illinois. Great pickup. He's been their best player for the most part overall this year. Um, and, and Quincy Guerrier has been really good. So like what, I guess it's the zone more than anything. The zone just isn't as effective with two guards that really don't have a ton of length without a big, a true yeah, big in, in the middle of the 2-3 zone. They've also won three in a row. They've won four out of five, and they have won six of their last eight games. Um, and I think that's worth noting. They started out ACC played one and three. Um, they're now seven and five in the league. Uh, they're thirteen and six overall. The biggest thing with with Syracuse is like yeah. they had so many COVID pauses and COVID shutdowns, like in the preseason and sure. early on in the season, that like it took them so long to finally actually establish any kind of rhythm. And like I hate to use that as the the reason for all of these teams that are struggling, but like. It's kind of the reason that all of these teams are struggling is that they they get shut down for two weeks. Yep. And I do think that – so we talk about how bad the ACC is, right? Well, the ACC also – like the, the regulations are different across conferences. And um, Big Ten teams – like Sasha Stavanovic tested, tested positive on a Tuesday. Hey, we got a call today. How about that one? Not just a day. Call. Call. Um, there you go. Um, Sasha Stavanovic at Purdue tested positive on a Tuesday or on a Wednesday, and Purdue played on a Friday. Would that have happened if were the team in the ACC? Yeah. So there's been you're, more continuity right. in terms of practices for the teams in the other leagues. So, like, that, that's part of the reason why we're sitting here with the ACC and we're like, why do these teams keep, like, having these issues? Well, look, Louisville has, like, they don't practice and they go out and they lose by 40, right? That's happened to them twice. So yeah. maybe that has more to do with, uh, with with what's happening around the program and with the practices than it does with the the players on the actual roster. So yep. it's just kind of, you know, and, and look, again, we're starting to see, I know they haven't really beaten anyone. Like it was Virginia Tech at home was a nice win, but beyond that, it's just kind of, you know, not, not great wins for Syracuse, but six out of eight, that's pretty good. And now they have a chance to go win at Duke. Here, here's what Syracuse closed with. They're at Duke, they're at Georgia Tech, and they get North Carolina at home. Those are three... Quad no. one slash quad two opportunities. You win. You win two out of three, and all of a sudden, like you're right there in the mix. So you're taking the cues in the five points. Oh man, um, you're trying to talk me into it. I, I I feel like you're you're all over this. I I kind of I think I actually like Duke here, and it does not make me feel comfortable because fading Duke has been super profitable all season long. Um, but I just think that Duke. I, I don't think that that. Um, Syracuse necessarily has the guards to be able to take advantage of like the places where there are mismatches in this Duke roster. And Duke has enough shooters and enough guys that can kind of rotate into that high post spot. Like this is going to be a game where they actually miss Jalen Johnson, like rolling Jalen Johnson into the, the high post against that zone with his ability to pass is something that would be um, really beneficial to Duke in the spot. But like DJ Stewart's got to go on. Matthew Hurt has not missed a shot in like a month and a half. Um, but Jeremy awesome. Roach has, has gotten a little bit better. Like, so I am kind of worried about the fact that they do have two guards that, that haven't shot it great. But um, like, I, I don't know. I I think I like. I think I'm going to go with the over. I am going to go with the over. Over 150. My yeah, 149 and a half. 
Yeah, I think so. I think so. I don't know. I feel like these teams, every time they play, it's high scoring. Um, the, I, I'm going yeah, I guess. Like, going well, I don't have a great feel on the. I would probably take the points if you gave me a choice, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go over 149 and a half. Uh, I'm gonna take Oregon in the four, and uh, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State. Got to have something on it. Got to go with Beard in the bounce back. I'm going Beard in the bounce back. I don't love it. Yeah, I, you know what? Boy, it's a tough one. It's a really tough one to go against Cade at home. I I kind of like Oklahoma State in this spot. Yeah, I, you know what? I might kind of know why. You know why? It's it's because it's because of the defense that that I expect Oklahoma State to be in that like kind of matchup zone that that doesn't yeah. really let you run offense. You need guys that are going to be able to kind of um, beat somebody one on one in against that defense. And um, I'm not convinced that Texas Tech necessarily has those guys. Uh, if you remember the first time that they played. Um, it was at Texas Tech, and like Oklahoma State probably should have lost in regulation. There was yeah. that kind of BS foul yep. call on Cade Cunningham um, at the end of regulation, but it went to overtime. So, and that was before Oklahoma State was really like that was the, they were zero and two in the. Uh, um, I'm sorry, uh, Oklahoma State won in overtime. Um, I just want to be clear on that. So, uh, I do think that um, the uh, the pokes are the play here. So I kind of I kind of like them at home getting the points. I'm I might even take the money line. The money line is plus one forty three at Bet Rivers right now. Um, so it's something that that would interest interest me. Joe said Duke's got a lot of momentum. Well, they you do. know, they do. He's right. He's right. Uh, I'm also going to go. Uh, even though they've had some rest, both of these team teams, Simo and, and uh, Southern Illinois Edwardsville are both playing tonight at home. They're both at home. <laughs> You love fading them, man. You love it. Well, I just feel like it's taking its toll on them. That, that's all. I feel like it's <laughs> taking its toll. I know they've, they've, they've gotten some rest um, lately, especially I think Simo has gotten more rest than Edwardsville. Edwardsville still, man. They've lost four in a row. Uh, they've played on the 13th, 15th, 18th, 20th. I mean, if you go through it, January 30th, 1st, 2nd, 4th, 6th, 8th, 11th, 13th, 15th, 18th, and now 22 again against Moorhead. So that's the one I like better. I like Moorhead, uh, given the 11. Moorhead's fighting for the league title. Like Preston Spradling's done an unbelievable job uh, getting that program back uh, on track. But I'm also going to take Eastern Kentucky. Um, they've done a good job this year, A.W. Hamilton has. Uh, so I'm going to take those two. I'm going to take the over in Syracuse Duke. And I'm going to take uh, Dana Altman and the Oregon Ducks. And then I'm also going to take Central Arkansas. Um, New Orleans is giving, uh, getting, uh, giving four and a half. So central Arkansas is getting four and a half. Um, New Orleans has played one game since January 30th. So that's a long time, uh, to play one game, to have that kind of start and stop. I almost feel like that's worse than having a break of like three weeks straight to have like one game and then have more time off. So I'm, I'm going with uh, central Arkansas there. I like the logic. I don't hate it. Um, are you are you going to take the fighting Terrence Johnsons in Texas State? Oh, I kind of like that one. Yeah, I did. I, I I did like that one against Arkansas State, given four. Um, maybe I'm gonna look at that one a little bit longer. I I gotta look at some Swaxion too later. I mean, I I thought about going with Wayne Brent and Jackson State, and then when I heard the whole Dion fa- fiasco happened last night, I got a little scared off. A lot of drama going on with Jackson State football. You didn't hear? 
No. And they played their first game, Deion Sanders, his first uh, game as head coach at Jackson State, and his uh, his shit got stolen, almost stolen. Yeah, in the, in the locker room. Yeah, people supposedly – you never know with Deion. I mean, it's such drama. You never know what to believe, what's going on, whatever. But uh, Deion, I guess he had his stuff in like a plastic Ziploc zip bag or something, his phone and not his jewelry. I think his jewelry he, he always has on him now. Uh, but his phone and some other stuff, and uh, somebody tried to steal it, and I think they caught him stealing it, supposedly. What? But they won. They, they won like 56 to nothing against, like, uh, I don't know, some Edward Burns. Why, why are we playing college football games right now? What is happening? I don't know. They pushed them back. They pushed some of these these, these smaller leagues back. So, um, Dion, baby. Dion. There you go. All right. Um, yeah, so I, I'm putting in my bets on BetSports right now. Follow us there. That is the best place for you to be able to get uh, the most up-to-date information if we have lineup stuff and player availability stuff coming in. Um, but what I, have, what I have right now, uh, I took Oklahoma State in the points. I took USC in the points. I took Duke. Uh, and I also have a little sprinkle on the Oklahoma State money line and the Oregon money line. You talked me into the Ducks. Um, it's just the simple they Two words. Two words. Dana Altman. Dana yeah. Altman. That line's also moving. It's uh, You can get Oregon at plus four now. So, Rob, you sound much more excited than when we started this stream. So I, I've done that. Well, because I talked to you, man. I talked oh. to you. So, all right. We will see you guys again tomorrow morning. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.